So Jesus says in our gospel passage, every branch in me that does not bear fruit, the Father takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. Now, Jesus, when he says this, he's not making threats. He isn't trying to scare people, though if what he says does scare people into repentance, I'm sure Jesus is pleased with that. But mostly, he's just giving facts. Jesus is like a vine. And like branches that grow out of a vine, there are people who become connected to Jesus, and, do, and they do not bear fruit. And those branches, Jesus says, the Father will eventually take them away. And this taking away by the Father happens in a myriad of ways. Jesus' disciple Judas, for instance, becomes a branch taken away when he sells off Jesus. He abandons the path. Ananias and Sapphira were members of the early church who fawned a false generosity, and God took them away. Hymenaeus and Alexander are two names mentioned in the letter of 1 Timothy, and they rejected their faith and their conscience, making shipwreck of their faith, Paul says. They were removed from the true vine of Christ. And Diotrephes, um, he's another name in the New Testament on this list of people that you don't want to be on. He's a troublemaker. And in the letter of the Third John, this man is described as one who is selfish and rejects authority. But there are also whole churches that can be removed from the vine of Christ. So the church at Laodicea, addressed in the letters uh, in Revelation, it's a church that is neither hot nor cold, but lukewarm. It's on the verge of being removed from the vine of Christ if they don't repent. Jesus in John 15 is not telling us that God tears away good branches, that he removes people from Christ who are trying to hang on to Christ. That's not who God is. To those trying to hang on to him, Jesus says to them, as the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. What Jesus is telling us here is that God brings to light what is hidden. He makes visible that which is already true. And if a branch is dead, if it's not bearing fruit, God removes it. But there's more to what Jesus is saying. Jesus says every branch in him that does bear fruit, the Father prunes that it may bear more fruit. Now pruning, as many of you know through your own plants and trees, is the process where a portion of the tree or plant is removed so that it can grow healthier and stronger. Um, the, the plant or tree cannot see in the pruning process uh, the reason always that it is being pruned. But this is the reason, so that it can be more productive in its fruit bearing, so that it can bear more fruit. Now notice in this passage that Jesus is intent on his branches bearing not a minimal amount of fruit, but significant fruit. So in verse 2, Jesus says, we are pruned so that we can bear more fruit. In verse 5, he says, whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. And in verse 8, he says, by this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. There's always this emphasis on a growing abundance when Jesus speaks of the fruit that comes from his people. Now, there's an idea here that I find helpful. 
the idea of a holy discontent. Jesus does not intend that his people be full of anxiety over whether we're doing enough for him, over whether we're lovely in his sight, over whether we are forgiven of our sin. All of these things are assured to us by his sacrifice in the cross for our sins. He loves us and we are forgiven. But at the same time, Jesus doesn't want us to be overly contented with where we are in relationship with him, as if we can ask forgiveness and then live on uh, kind of fat and happy. He doesn't want us to be overly contented with the fruit we're bearing for him. There is such a thing as a holy discontent where we rest in Christ, we abide in his love, yet we pray and seek to bear more fruit, much fruit for him. Now, to my mind, this season that we're in, that we've been in, is a time of pruning for Church of the Lamb. Our normal means of life together has been removed, but the opportunity for bearing fruit, for growth in Christ, is still there. And like a plant that flourishes in the desert, we can return much stronger than we were before, much more prepared to bear fruit for Christ in our worship and of him and our service to our neighbors. Now, I want to share with you for a few minutes a vision for Lamb to abide in Christ and bear much fruit for him in the days and years ahead. I've been as surprised as anyone that this vision would coalesce in this season that we're in, and yet I can't think of anything more like God to do than in a season like we've been in that has been so difficult for so many people to give us a vision for hope and life on the other side of this. So I want to share this vision with you that's consistent with things that we've talked about as Church of the Lamb for a long time, and I want to close by asking you to pray about an opportunity for our church. Now, over the last couple of months, the parish council has been talking about the future for Lamb. We've also gathered a team, a, a strategic response and planning team to help us think about the growing needs in our community in this season and consider what's next for Lamb to become stronger, more rooted and growing in our worship and our discipleship and our proclamation of Christ in this area. Now, that team has already helped us by establishing a new connection with a ministry and a church in this part of Rockingham County. Um, it's Hope Distributed, which is housed at First Church of the Nazarene. Last week, a group helped pack and distribute food and clothing to families in this area. Now, for at least two years, when our church has considered the future, we believe that the future involved land. And there's an emerging sense that property, even prior to having a worship space, could help establish us as a church. It would give us a sense of place as a community and a sense of home. But there's also a growing sense that this property could give shape and vision and focus to our vision. This vision is coalescing around at least three parts, three pieces of what we feel called to be and do as a church. And I want to share these three parts with you. These three parts are first, number one, parish. Parish is the worshiping and discipling mechanism of our church. The term parish comes from churches that exist and are responsible for specific 
regions, areas. So in Louisiana, we still use the language of parish in place of counties, but parish originates with the church. And we, Church of the Lamb, feel called to care for this area of Rockingham County, specifically the suburban and rural communities on the eastern side of the county. And so this is the first component to our vision, to be a worshiping and discipling parish in this area of Rockingham County. Now, as much as it's possible for people to worship God anywhere in his creation, God's people from the tabernacle in the wilderness to, to the cathedral building in the Middle Ages to church buildings today, we've always been inspired to create structures that immerse people in the sweeping story of Scripture. We believe that this inspiration to build structures for worship, it grows out of being image bearers of our creator. We are built to create like him. And so we believe that a long-term structure is part of what a parish naturally does. It seeks a place to set aside for worship, to build something intentionally for worship. So this is the first part of the vision, to be a parish responsible for an area to serve Christ in that area. But the second component of our vision is, and this is gonna sound strange to many people, but the second component of our vision is farm. We feel called as a church to embody the fullness of the gospel of Christ in our community by having agriculture as part of our vision. What does that mean? Well, what we believe is minimum here is that flower gardens, would be a part of the place that we worship because these kinds of things represent the extravagant beauty of our creator. The Christian God creates some things simply because they are beautiful and his creation, his, his people, his image bearers are made to delight in this kind of beauty. So that's a minimum part of this vision. Flower gardens, places to pray, and I'll talk about that more later, but places that draw us into the beauty of God. But we can also imagine immense possibility to increase the fruit we bear for Christ as part of this. So the possibility of partnering with other local farmers to provide additional space for their crops or their animals. Planting gardens or raising animals ourselves to donate food to food pantries and or to teach about redemptive agricultural practices. What we believe is essential is that the place that we root ourselves as a church enables us to bear witness to the broad scope of God's redemption of all things, including the earth and the natural world. There's been talk about an orchard, a place that is literally fruit-bearing as part of this. Now, the third component of our vision is a center for ministry and prayer. We want to set aside a piece of land that we can work and keep like Adam and Eve did in the Garden of Eden. And we want to do this as a harbinger of God's new creation. We want to create a place of beauty for praying and connecting deeply with God and his creation. I believe, and there are parish council members who believe, that Lamb can create something that draws people here for spiritual retreats that draws our neighbors, Christians and non-Christians alike, who long for peace and rest in their lives, but they don't always know where to find it. Think about the attraction of a place like JMU's Arboretum or the national parks 
But think of a place like that that is created and sustained by the prayers and work of people who are devoted to Christ and seek to bear witness to him. There's something unique and special about that. And there's something about that that can enable other people to find Christ in it, even if they don't know they're looking for him. Now, these three components form what we are feeling God draw our church toward, parish, farm, and center for ministry and prayer. I'd love to hear about the components of this vision that are exciting or interesting to you, but here's what's most exciting to me. This vision is holistic and invites us to serve God in his creation, to learn to follow Christ and bear fruit for Christ, surrounded by his creation. And it likewise invites everyone to contribute. Children to adults can participate in the vision, a place for children to pray in the midst, to play in the midst of beauty, to learn to pray in the midst of beauty. What better way to be formed in the fullness of faith in Christ than in a holistic vision of church that encompasses the land that God has made, that encompasses prayer and work with one's hands, that affirms the spiritual life and the physical life that we are called to as embodied human beings. So this is our working vision. And visions are always aspirational. Tweaks always have to be made as you walk in faith to fulfill the vision with God's help. But we feel God calling us to at least take steps of faith toward the beginnings of a vision, trusting that God will lead us and correct the way when we get off track. So the last thing I want to ask you of you is I want to ask you to pray. The last few weeks have been enormously fruitful in us thinking and praying about these things as a council and the response team thinking and praying about these things. And I want to share with you one opportunity that's developed alongside this thinking and praying. Ever since we've been worshiping at Redeemer Classical School, we've passed a property on Indian Trail Road that has a for sale by owner sign in the front. And the property is located adjacent to the backside of the new Rockingham Park, this large scale development of the, the eastern side of the county. Debbie Bennett would say something to me like, what if that property owner would donate or sell a portion of the property? And Debbie was also the first person to mention the inherent witness opportunity to be had in having a church located adjacent to that park where hundreds of families in our community gather every weekend for sporting events, including Sunday mornings. Now, over the last little while, we've talked with the property owner several times, this local man who happens, just happens to be a distant cousin to Travis Dorman. We've made bold, faith-filled ask as a start of a conversation with him. We've done some of the initial investigations into whether a property is even feasible for, uh, the property is even feasible for a church. And we've done this so that as Scott prayed in a parish council meeting, we don't waste time and hope on mere possibility. Now, the truth is, we, we don't know all the answers to these questions. I'm sharing this with you because we are a faith family and I would like you to pray. Pursuing things like this with God together, praying through things like this together, even when they fall through, is a way that the church is formed in faith and trust in God together. 
So even if this opportunity were to fall through, it's not the end of the vision that God has called us to. This is the adventure we take together as a church, the adventure of faith. So the parish council and I believe that this could be a powerful long-term location for Church of the Lamb. We didn't go looking for 40 acres, which is what this property happens to be, nor were we looking in Kieseltown. But we believe with this property with its spectacular beauty, its sprawling farmland, and proximity to a major gathering place like Rockingham Park could help us live into our vision. And it could help us bear much fruit for Christ over the days and years and generations to come. So I'm asking you to talk to God about this. Whatever your reaction or your opinion, I'm asking you to pray and to help us listen to God as a church. We're very aware as a parish council that this can only happen if God is in it, if God provides for it. I'm sharing this sermon when many of the people have lost the call or are not able to hear. And I believe that this is, this is part of it. We are called as a church to take risks together in pursuing God. It's not always easy, and the opportunities don't always make sense initially. But we believe that this is the exact place that we should be in, drawing closer to Christ in steps of faith. So we find this process itself to be driving us to abide in Christ. And we trust that on the other side of this, whatever happens, Christ will enable us as a church to bear much fruit, more fruit. Now, I'm going to close by um, trying to ask some parish council members to pray if they can hear. And so um, I think that Travis was cut off of the call. But if Debbie Benich, if you're on the call, any other parish council members, if you would be willing to pray to help us close. But, and before they pray, I want to share one other thing with you. This afternoon from 1 to 6 p.m., someone will be at the property so that if you'd like, you could come and you could pray there. It's a little bit tricky finding parking, and so we're going to help navigate it as best we can. Uh, two or three cars can fit in the entrance itself, but then otherwise you would probably have to park at Rockingham Park and walk to the property. But from 1 to 6 p.m., we'll be there, and you can walk the property and, and just pray and enter into this discernment with us of asking God to lead us and to provide for us whatever this means in this phase of our life together. All right. So, Debbie, if you're still with us, would you be willing to pray, please? Yes, I, I am, and I will. All right. Thank you very much. Okay. Heavenly Father, we are charged by um, the Gospel of John to abide in you. And above all else, um, that's our desire for Church of the Lamb that we would abide in you. We are abiding in you through this COVID-19 um, struggle, but we are not going to be crushed in terms of not being able to, to come together and worship. Worship is not constrained by Zoom or anything else, Lord. You are being worshiped today and we give you thanks. Help us to abide deeply, Lord. And then secondly, as a result of that abiding, Lord, we desire to produce much fruit. Thank you for the fruit that was born this past week as some of us went over to Hope Distributed and loaded 
over, like, I think 200 boxes, Lord, that were later distributed this week's week to families that are in desperate need right now for food to feed their families. What a privilege it was to bear that fruit. And Lord, we desire now a, um, a permanent place, a home, a place that can be recognized as a congregation that loves each other well and faithfully, but loves this part of God's creation in which you've placed us. Father, this is a big enough ask. It's a huge ask. And it's a big enough ask, Lord, that it won't happen unless you move. And we desire to see your greatness and your power as you move through this. And if this isn't for us, we equally desire that you would close all doors because we don't want to be someplace where you haven't gone before us. Father, this property really envelops your beauty, the stunning views and so many possibilities. It just depicts the beauty of creation, Lord. And um, we would like to claim it for your kingdom. So, Father, we ask that you would move to open doors or to close doors because we know you love us and you want us to bear fruit. 